and we are live for this episode of the Innkeepers Podcast. We are here with an orthodontist who's in town for the orthodontist conference. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Like, we've had probably two or three conversations, and each one, it's like we start, you know, just talking about random stuff about, you know, orthodontist, and next thing you know, 15, 20 minutes has gone by, and we're just talking about all types of stuff with orthodontists. Um, one of the questions I'd asked him before, yesterday when we were barbecuing, um, I was talking about um, if there was a material, like a nanotechnology inside of the braces that allowed for the teeth to actually be um, straightened or tightened um, without having to have the tightness that you feel when the orthodontist every month does the tightening, whereas the tightening is spread out evenly over the months and everything. And, you know, he was telling me about the noodle. Right. Well, you know, we don't have the ability to have something that can substitute for adjusting the braces once every two, maybe sometimes even three months. But, you know, a lot of people aren't aware that one of the first wires we use in all standard treatment was really developed by the organization that existed before NASA. It was, I believe, a part of the Navy at that point. And they developed a material for the space program that was a metal that had shape memory. So meaning when it got cold, it could be almost crumpled up to any shape. But once it got exposed to heat, it would then go back to its original shape that they wanted it to be. And really, that material is what we now use when people first get their braces. We put a wire made out of that material, which is called nickel titanium. Nickel titanium is a shape memory metal, and it's shaped like an ideal jaw. And it can be, when it's cold or cooled, it can really be molded. It can be like a wet noodle, essentially a wet piece of pasta. And you can then put it into the braces when the teeth are all crooked, but when the person closes their mouth... So suddenly now the wire starts to heat up to the body temperature, or at least the mouth temperature, and it wants to go back to its original shape. And that's actually how we get the initial pressure to to really start straightening the teeth. And and depending how crooked a person's teeth are, that that pressure can continue on for even 10 or 20 weeks as it slowly aligns the teeth to get them a little bit more straight. Now, once that wire finishes doing what it does, then we have to move on to the next wire, a little bit thicker, a little bit stronger. But, you know, we are using materials that do have some almost like intelligence in them uh, of shape memory, but we don't yet have any kind of ability on uh, each brace's level to do things. There are some aligner um, systems, um, clear aligner systems, that are a little bit developed in that direction. Uh, There's one, it is not available in the U.S. to my knowledge, but it's uh, produced by an Israeli company. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but I believe they have the ability to adjust the pressure of that aligner on different teeth as they move along in treatment. So it's it's a, a neat uh, program. I remember a few years ago, people were showing me all the clips about it on the news, but um, I don't think it ever became approved for use in the U.S. So uh, I don't know, you know how successful it's been, but it's 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 from Israel that, I'm, that I do remember. It's in production. In terms of in production for coming to the states at some point. That I don't. I know they they got a patent to okay. to protect the invention within the United States, but it was already released in Israel and I think in Europe at least five years ago. So if it's not here yet, chances are for whatever reason they're probably not going for this market. I'm wondering if there's some people with some crooked teeth there treating maybe like Kobe Bryant going to Germany to do his knee surgery and go to Israel to get this teeth, well, uh, to get the, the braces from, from Israel? I can tell you, you know, most of the celebrities, we even uh, today, there's a, there's a, some, some orthodontists who have lots of celebrities in their office, and um, you wouldn't know they're going through treatment because a lot of the celebrities are doing treatment in one of two ways. Either 
they're getting Invisalign, which okay. are the clear um, aligners that fit over your teeth. Uh, they, they're just a clear piece of plastic that's molded to your teeth. And you get a series of them. And you wear each one for anywhere from one to two weeks, depending on the doctor, depending on the type of treatment. And it slowly aligns your teeth. Each aligner is slightly more positioned towards where everything is nice and straight. So a lot of celebrities are getting that. Um, uh, I just saw the the linebacker on the on the uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, oh gosh. Von Miller. Von Miller. Von Miller has been treated with Invisalign. Okay. Uh, there's a well-known orthodontist in uh, in Colorado who's treating him. Uh, he's like an Instagram superstar. <laughs> I think I'm trying to remember what he is. Something like eye braces or something like that is is the name of his practice. Um, and then a lot of them are also getting lingual braces. Lingual braces are braces that are on the the tongue side of your teeth. So actually, no one can really see them from the outside. They're 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 more challenging for the orthodontist to deal with. I can and, imagine. And, and some people don't like them because uh, it's a little more uncomfortable for the tongue. But I guess the, the positive is that people can't see you have them on, and also then it doesn't you know irritate your 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 cheeks and lips. But it, it does then bother your tongue, which regular braces don't. So it's sort of a, a trade off. Some people like that trade off. Some people don't. But a lot of people who don't want you to know they're having braces, that's what they're doing. Now here's an interesting tidbit. I I, I didn't mention any of our weekend discussions. Okay. Uh, this is what I was told is that when you go back to the early years in Hollywood, early 1900s. So, you know, a lot of the celebrities who had crooked teeth, they didn't have time to go through orthodontics to get them straight. And in those days, they did have orthodontics in the early 1900s, you know, already from like 1915, they already had braces. Really? They were using more antiquated materials that we don't imagine. Use as much, but it existed and, and they were able to get, you know, good, good, good results. In fact, the, the name of one of the lectures we, we had today was the, the Angle uh, Lecture. And, and uh, Angle was one of the first orthodontists in the United States to really put together a, a system and a technique that actually really did work. How do you spell that? Uh, Edward Angle, like a, like, like a mathematical angle. Okay. So that's his name. Uh, he's he's, he's a very famous, you know, he's obviously, uh, he has not been with us for some time already, but he was, you know, really the, the American orthodontist who really sort of turned orthodontics into a profession. You know, he really gets the credit for that. But um, a lot of these Hollywood celebrities, they didn't have time to straighten their teeth. And what they would actually do is, and, and you and I will cringe from hearing this, they actually get all of their teeth removed and they'd get dentures because you can then make dentures straight. Uh, and the neat thing they did was, depending on what film they were acting and, and, and starring in, they could then change the look of their teeth. If they were going to be, you know, the, the, the good person, the good guy in one movie, so they'd have very nice, normal-looking teeth. But if they wanted to be Dracula, suddenly they'd make them dentures that have, you know, really sharp, fang-looking teeth. If they wanted to be a the, the villain, they'd get very square, you know, slightly worn-down teeth to give them a certain look. So it's something that you and I, you know, now in 2018, look back at and we cringe. But, you know, 100 years ago, that was actually something that was uh, not considered to be that crazy. Now, with dentures, that's where you're inserting the gum and the teeth all at once into your mouth? Yeah, dentures means you don't have any teeth. Okay. And they basically make you, you know, fake plastic gums and plastic teeth. It could also be made out of porcelain. Okay. Uh, but, but it fits over your, your remaining gums, which have no teeth. Uh, dentures, you know, while while they're better than nothing, no question about it, and, and well-made dentures are very good, but they, they don't have nearly the same chewing power as, as regular teeth. They're not nearly as comfortable as regular teeth. And another thing people also aren't aware of, you know, a lot of people, will, you know, still think, oh, if I have a problem with a tooth, let me just get it pulled. The problem is you have a certain level of bone in your mouth that is only there because you have teeth. And if you have your teeth removed, your bone actually then shrinks. 
like and, a and muscle that, that you don't you're not using pretty much exactly the, the 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 tooth is what stimulates that bone to remain there so a lot of people think well if i get my teeth removed you know i'll still have plenty of bone they can make a good denture the problem is people have been in dentures a long time um really uh, have a hard time getting good dentures because their bone has shrunken so much there's not that much for the the dentures to hold on to Fortunately, they now have, you know, implants they can put in that dentures can rest upon and be attached to, and it'll really work well to anchor in the denture, and it'll it'll function much better. But, you know, gosh, if you have a choice between a natural tooth and any kind of denture, you know, natural teeth are way, way better. Gotcha. So, pardon my ignorance, are all orthodontists dentists as well? Great question. So, in the United States, and I can't speak, you know, for Europe and other parts of the world, in the United States, in order to become an orthodontist, you first have to finish four years of regular dental school, become a regular dentist, and then whether you do it right after finishing school or whether you might have to go through some kind of internship for a year or two or whether you just decide to go out and be a dentist for whatever number of years, then you can go into an orthodontic program. But every orthodontist in the United States is a dentist first and then an orthodontist, which is really important because while, gosh, I wish I didn't have to go through four years of dental school, but now, you know, I... When I deal with dentists, you know, in regards to, you know, orthodontists don't treat a patient in a vacuum. You know, we realize these patients have a dentist. They have cavities very often. They've got gum problems. There are numerous dental specialists that, you know, the dentist is the quarterback. You know, he or she is the center of a person's care. But once you get past that, there are all these specialists that are there for whatever other needs. There's specialists that do root canals. There's specialists that do gum surgery. There's specialists that do, you know, major surgery in the mouth. And then there's orthodontists. You know, we, we straighten teeth. Um, of course, there are certain procedures that really different aspects of dental care will, will all do. But, you know, I don't do cleanings anymore. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fill cavities anymore. I, I technically, I guess, could, but I wouldn't want to. I haven't done it in a long time. But uh, we all have to be dentists, and it's good because that means we understand how whatever we're doing with someone's teeth to straighten them, how that will affect the other aspects of their mouth, whether it's their gums, whether it's their bone, whether it's cavities. And, and when we see things that aren't going right in the mouth, number one, we're trained well enough to spot them. Number two, we then know, okay, how are we going to fix this? And we also then know, really, when should we fix this? Do we fix this while we're doing the braces? Do we do it before we do the braces, or do we do, do, we do it afterwards? And, and that's why it, it's, while, gosh, I would love had I not had to spend four years in dental school, but, you know, it, it was definitely, I think, worthwhile to have that knowledge so that now as a specialist, I can make sure to make the right decisions for my patients. And that's really what it all comes down to. So net-net, it's a positive, yeah. Definitely. So when you see a situation like that, do you take care of it nine times out of ten, or do you nine times out of ten refer it back to the dentist that referred you to them? Well, you know, if it's a situation of something that a dentist normally does, then usually I refer it to the dentist, unless it's something that's, you know, close enough to what I do that, you know, I'm comfortable doing it. But typically, you know, if I see a cavity in the middle of treatment, uh, I communicate with the dentist and then, you know, we figure out to coordinate with each other how we're going to do what's best for the patient. If the patient's really close to the end of treatment, well, then we, we just might say, you know what, finish up the braces. The cavity's not going to get bigger in the next two months. Take off the braces. Once the braces are off, then he or she can easily do the filling. Um, but if it's towards the beginning of treatment, they may just say, hey, you know what, let's make a day. The patient will go into your office. You remove the brace from their tooth. And uh, I'll do the filling. We'll send it back to your office. Then you can put the brace back on and continue what you're doing. So, and that's where knowing dentistry as an orthodontist helps me out because I understand what's going on. And, you know, just like when I first did my orthodontic residency, my orthodontic training after dental school, 
they made me spend two months to learn how to make retainers to keep teeth straight. They made me spend two months to learn to make how all of the orthodontic extra appliances are made. Things that I'll never make again. I mean, these, these things are done by orthodontic laboratories. But why did they teach me how to do it? Well, you know, if I'm going to get on the phone with a guy from the orthodontic lab and tell him, hey, you didn't make this right, well, I better know how to make it if I'm going to, you know, say that to him because if I've never done it and I don't know what it's like to be in his shoes, well, that's not really very nice of me. Makes the job a whole lot easier for everybody. Yeah, well, it frustrates the labs at times because then they know <laughs> they can't double talk us and say, what do you mean? I made that right. Right. Um, so I was having a conversation with a friend recently who was telling me about some musical artist. Um, I can't remember the name, but got all their teeth removed and replaced them with platinum teeth. Not dentures, but like put in new platinum teeth. Right. Have you ever done anything of the sort? So do you mean that, that the... Um the implants were plat were tit- there are titanium implants, and is that the person got something almost like a grill where they then had metallic looking teeth? Is that what you mean? I, from what I understand, it wasn't like fronts or anything that you attach to your existing teeth. Yeah. Saying they removed all of their teeth, yeah, and then in the holes where the teeth would connect to their gums, right, they then inserted. Platinum right. teeth. So I think maybe you know some of the details and and from whoever was the first person who told your friend who then like told you. Yeah. I think something got a little bit confused. What, what I think you're talking about are dental implants. Dental implants are are the next best thing than a natural tooth. So okay. if a person loses a tooth, whether due to disease, whether due to a car accident or something else like that, um, if they want to get a tooth replaced, the best way to do it is with a dental implant. Dental implants, the part that goes into your bone, is made out of titanium. The reason they're made out of titanium, um, and I think just maybe the, the, the platinum versus titanium may be what got confused in the story, but the reason that titanium is used is that titanium is a material that really reacts well with bone, and bone actually can attach to it. It's not just that the implant is just stuck inside the bone, but the, the, the bone actually literally grows around the, the titanium implant and actually will attach to it, which is why it, it does such a good job of being a fake tooth and then once you have that in there and it's healed up well enough and depending on the technique you know it might take a few months but um, that's when they can attach actually to it a natural looking tooth and uh, you know if it's done well you can a layperson probably can't even tell the person has an implant I mean they're, they're just really well done so it's 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 something that's really become much more popular over the past I'd say between 20 and 30 years the uh, percentage of success on dental implants is real now really high so um, that's that's another thing, you know, the, the days of having to get dentures, um, you know, financially implants do cost more than, than things like dentures. But, you know, if a person has the financial means to do it, there's really no reason the person needs to get dentures anymore. Okay. So, so I make sure I heard you correctly. You're saying inside of the hole that's left is a sort of um, titanium cast or, or, or a fixing unit to which a second tooth is now attached to that piece. Right. The the titanium implant is what goes in is what gets put inside of the bone. Yes. And the the implant then serves to be almost the equivalent of a root of a tooth. Now now you can't in advance already put the the part of the tooth that you see in the mouth. You know, uh, lay people will call it a cap. Dentists call it a crown. 
Um, you can't already put that on the implant before you even put the implant in the mouth. So you have to insert the implant first, which goes into the bone. That's a surgical procedure. They put that in there. They make sure to, that the gums around it are, are set up right and everything heals nicely. Um, and then once things are ready and everything's stable, they can then actually put the natural-looking tooth part on top of that. Okay. And that's and that's the part you'll see. You'll never see the implant. If, yes. if you actually see the implant, that's, that's not a good sign. That's, gotcha. that's not supposed to happen. Okay. So... Can you use any sort of material you want for that tooth part that gets put in? Well, uh, you know, in general, you're going to either use on a back tooth, you could technically use metal. Um, you know, these days, most people want uh, something that's made out of a porcelain or a ceramic material. You know, those are the aesthetic, nice looking, cosmetic, white looking fake teeth. Uh, these days, people, you know, years ago, gold is an amazing material to use in the mouth. It's just the, the, the properties of the metal work so well in the mouth um, and it lasts a long time. But not too many people these days in the United States want to get gold teeth, uh, whether in the back or for sure not in the front. Uh, but when I was in dental school, they actually um, had us um, make gold teeth in the back. And, you know, that was, you know, about 20 years ago or so. So um, they, they taught me how to make jewelry, uh, you know, the technique. It was okay. interesting. You know, we had some guys in our class who were really uh, artistic and they would use those techniques to make jewelry for their wives. Wow. That's that's. That's actually quite useful. Um, so I want to go back to something you talked about before with Invisalign. Now, I know as part of our conversation that we had, you had mentioned how Invisalign is kind of like uh, Google or Apple buying up a lot of patents, not necessarily to use them, but to stop competition. Well, Invisalign, you got to give them a lot of credit. They were, there was someone who before Invisalign in, invented the idea of moving teeth with clear retainers so you know they're basically clear sheets of plastic that that are molded to your teeth they they fit directly over your teeth with a very tight good fit they look very nice um and that's why they're, they're so tempting for people because you know hey it looks better than braces and they're removable so you don't you know when you're eating you don't have to worry about braces in your mouth um so there, there was this individual who came up with this 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 technique beforehand and he, he pursued it, but he never turned it into a comprehensive, full treatment that could really be aiming to be a substitute for braces. And Invisalign's the company that, it, it wasn't even a dentist who, who started it. It was, it was uh, one or two guys, I think, who uh, were, were Stanford grad students in the business school or something. <laughs> and they just, you know, I guess one of them had gotten maybe the, the clear retainer uh, as part of his treatment. And he's like, wait a second, why can't we maybe make a dozen of these and each one of them be positioned with the teeth slightly different and that way it'll move your teeth over time and that's how Invisalign was born now Invisalign because it was really started by businessmen rather than dentists well they know how to run their business they're very good at it and that's really what guides all of their decisions which that's where it gets a little bit a little bit uh, controversial because you know is Invisalign making their decisions based on what's best for patients or what's best for money and 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 I can't answer that question but that that's a controversial topic so, um, but Invisalign, you know, came up with this product and they developed it and they did a really nice job of it. Now, the way patent law typically works, um, there's different types of patents, but, but the category of patents that Invisalign uh, is, it's, it's called a utility patent. The only reason I know this is, you know, there's some dental inventions that I've been working with myself. And uh, basically a utility patent is valid for 20 years and that means for 20 years if anyone tries to do something that is infringing upon your patent meaning it seems to be stealing from the idea unless that person can prove that they filed for a patent or at least that they they 
law has changed in patent law over the past 10 years. There's a lot of differences. But basically, if you have a patent on something, so you can then sue someone who you feel is infringing upon your patent. And Invisalign has used that very effectively to eliminate a lot of their competition for the last 20 years. Now, what happened was is that in 2017, and you can Google this on the news. There's tons of stories about it. Um, Invisalign's initial patents expired. Okay. And now you have really the Wild West going on where a lot of dental orthodontic companies are now trying to get into the clear aligner field. You know, it, it's funny, you know, um, there are certain products that we use that the name of the company has really become what we call the actual product. Like, like for Googling. Example, Googling or, or, you know, and, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm dating myself here, but a lot of people will say, well, go make a Xerox of that or go make a Xerox copy of that. Why? Because Xerox was the company that invented the copy machine. But we're all talking about a copier, but people called it Xerox. And I don't know if people are calling it that much anymore, but some people still do, I think. Uh, like I said, I might be dating myself here, but uh, at least I look young, right? Um, <laughs> yes, you do. But, you know, so a lot of people call this type of treatment, they call it Invisalign, but it's really, it's not Invisalign it owns the, the, the product. It's, it's clear aligner treatment. And Invisalign is the most famous company that does it. And, you know, they probably still are the best company that does it. The, the question is, how much will their competition catch up, uh, you know, as the patents expire and as other companies come up with other great ideas? But Invisalign is really good at, at, at manipulating in a legal way the patent system and then using their financial might to sue companies that they feel are infringing upon those patents. Um, a famous example is um, there are scanners that we use now to scan teeth. Um, not every office has them. It's still something that's growing, but it's slowly going to get there. You know, and I think in 10 to 20 years from now, almost any dental office you walk into, dentist, orthodontist, they're not going to be taking goopy molds of your teeth anymore. They'll be doing digital scans. Um, and you know, Invisalign just um, in the past year, there was another company that has scanner. Well, Invisalign said, well, we'll no longer accept the tooth scans from that company. Mm. So, you know, they're playing they're playing the corporate game. Mm -hmm. um, they're legally within their rights to do so. Correct. Um, you know, the question is how many bridges are they burning by doing this? But um, so... W was that met with outrage in the orthodontist community? Uh, orthodontists are torn how to deal with Invisalign because on the one hand, they do make a good product. On the other hand, they, they in their business practices, um, it's pretty clear they're... they're really looking out for their shareholders and not necessarily the orthodontists. And I don't blame them because, you know, that they're a business. But that's that's really the whole controversy. And it's not just orthodontics. All these large hospital systems you have in a lot of cities. I don't know what the large, you know, hospital system is in Washington, D.C. There's probably a few. But um, in, in certain cities, there's dominant hospital systems. And you get up to a point where they're being run so well as businesses, you know, at what point are they serving the patients well versus sharing their, their shareholders well? And that's just a controversial area, and I, I don't have the answers to it, but, you know, there's a lot of suspicion that goes around, and, and Invisalign is, is a controversial corporation within the orthodontic field right now. I'll give you another example that's more ubiquitous, Amazon. You know, if you're a business that's trying to, you know, break in to sell goods and items, you have to pretty much deal with Amazon at some point exactly. in terms of selling your wares. You have to deal with their terms. Right. And uh, that can be a slippery slope sometimes because sometimes they can take quite a bit of profit. That should be going in your pocket. <laughs> well, yeah, Invisalign um, definitely does charge, you know, a premium for their product. 
Um, and as the competition begins to get better, it'll be interesting to see how, how a price war ensues. But that hasn't really happened yet. It's, it's getting close. I think it'll be there within the next two to three years. Okay. So um, with respect to the patents you were talking about, um, the utility patent, that's what I wanted to ask. Um, last 20 years, is this kind of like, was, was the original purpose of that patent has it kind of morphed into something else? Like, whereas before when it was done, it was supposed to be like more so R and D. I'm trying to check this out, but now companies do that just to try to yes, alleviate competition. It's, it's a protective mechanism where what Invisalign does is, you know, the original product that they released, which was, you know, a series of aligners to uh, correct teeth. So they patented everything they could think of that was related to it. In fact, one of the interesting things they did, and, and you, you as, a, as, a, as a layperson, uh, you and I would never think of this, but what they did was they even patented the right, and, and, and I, I believe this is the, the truth, you know, um, I don't know if I'm getting every detail of this right, but they actually patented the ability to write the number of the aligner on the aligner. So let's say a person gets a series of 20 aligners, Invisalign patented the, the concept of writing on the first aligner number one, the second aligner number two, the third number three, and so on and so forth. Now, you might think it's an inconsequential thing, but it was actually very smart because if you're a company making aligners and you're, you're making aligners where sometimes it's five aligners, sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 60 on a more complex case, well, how are you going to differentiate those aligners? And if you can't print the numbers on the aligner, it actually makes your competition really have a hard time being able to to manufacture those and give those to the orthodontist in a way that the orthodontist can keep them organized. So let, let, I just want to clarify. Are you saying the right of anyone to be able to put a number on it? Or are you saying the process by which the number is put on it was patented? That's a great question. And, and, and uh, you know, you could be a patent attorney. You're, you're good. <laughs> because that, that's really what, what patent law comes down to. You're, sometimes you're patenting a thing, and sometimes you're patenting the way to manufacture that thing. And, and those are all, you know, those are things, reason why I've, I've spoken with a number of patent attorneys. They are bright fellows. They are smart. If you ever pull out a patent, you, you know, Google actually has a patent search. You can go on Google and search patents. Try to read that. It will not make any sense yeah, to a layperson. It's so it's the, the, yeah. the language is just unbelievable. They could take something that you and I would use. They could take you know, a coffee cup with a lid and, and describe it in a way that you and I would think they're talking about a flying saucer. It, it just would not make any sense. So Invisalign is a master at that. They, they have uh, for sure one, if not more, full-time patent attorneys that, that work for them. And what they do is anything they think of that has to do with their product, they file a patent on. And, and that's their way of trying to stay ahead in the game. Okay. Now, another thing that you had mentioned before was the whole idea of the teeth whitening strips in the mall, I believe it was. And it was the idea of kind of squeezing out the doctor that is involved with, or the dentist that would normally be involved with a process um, where because you were pushing a button that allowed for your teeth to be whitened, you were whitening it yourself. And I brought up, is it legal for you to operate on yourself? Because you had said that if you're going to provide, if you're going to do any sort of health or medical procedure, you have to have somebody who is licensed as a doctor or a medical practitioner. And I asked, could I operate on myself? And you were saying that might be the way in which 
it's legal to do certain tasks from a company that isn't licensed formally as that. Right. Well, you I'm know, sorry if I, I guess to that. give your listeners a little bit of background, what we were talking about is that um, the the evolution of Invisalign has been has been unlike any other product uh, in the orthodontic uh, field in history. Um, Invisalign was originally released for orthodontists to use. Uh, which logically made sense. We straighten teeth. You know, we're the people who are most qualified to, to judge when it's appropriate to use and how to use it. Um, the interesting thing about dental law is that really dentists are, at least in the United States, are allowed to do any procedure in the mouth. Um, so really any procedure that any dental specialist does, a dentist is legally allowed to do. Whether or not it's smart for the dentist to do it, considering that that's not what they do all day long, that's really up to the dentist's judgment. So after a few years, the, the dentists actually sued to be allowed to use Invisalign because they felt, hey, it's not fair that we're being excluded. I mean, logically, a dentist is allowed to put braces on teeth, so why shouldn't he be allowed to use Invisalign? So, you know, their, their legal point does make sense. You know, the question is who's best qualified to treat with Invisalign? Well, I think the idea, I mean, I think any person would agree. Well, if someone goes through an extra two to three years of specialty training, on a certain, you know, to, to straighten teeth, they're probably the best qualified person to do it. That isn't to say that some dentists don't put in a lot of time to learn how to be good at it. Some do. There's no question. Just you have to go according to the majority. Um, now, that was the first step where Invisalign already began to be okay. Um, and and once, once the dentists were allowed to use it, Invisalign said, hey, well, now we're really going to get the dentists to start pushing it. So that's where that was the first step where the orthodontists began to feel like maybe maybe we're being pushed out here a little bit. Um, and then, um, more recently, there's been um, some companies, most famous one, a Smile Club Direct, you'll see their ads everywhere. But they're, they're trying now to really um, directly market to the consumer and say, hey, you know what, you don't even need to go to a dentist or an orthodontist. You can just either go to one of our scanning centers or, or, or take these molds on yourself, and then we'll, we'll put together an orthodontic plan for you. We'll, we'll have it checked over by an orthodontist, um, and then we'll send it to you, and you can treat yourself. That's I don't know how that is legal. It obviously is because they're they're doing it. There are some losses that are going on with it, but I just don't know all the details. And and what you and I were talking about was maybe that's it's almost like if you go into the mall, there are a lot of these tooth bleaching uh, stations where you can go that's to. That's what it was. And, and the question is, you know, how is that legal? And and I believe the reason it's considered legal is because the actual person who's bleaching their own teeth, they're the ones who press the switch. Exactly. So so it could be maybe this 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 idea of treating yourself with orthodontics is uh, is possibly based on the same idea that it's the person who's doing it. I don't know. It's it's legally an interesting question because, you know, I don't know if people realize this, but if, if you try to straighten your teeth on your own, you could really cause a lot of harm up to the point of losing a tooth. Um, I'll give you the most famous example, okay? You can look this up online if you think I'm, I'm making this up. No, no, no. I'm, I'm but, saying it's Well, it I'm going to give you the example. Re- real that, yeah, you could hurt yourself. Some people have a gap between their front two teeth and don't like it. Okay. And one of their friends will say to them, hey, you know what? I got a great idea. Why don't you take a rubber band and wrap it around your front two teeth? And, and you're going to see within a day or two that they, they, they come together. Okay. And you know what? They very often will. Here's what people don't know. They go to sleep one night. They wake up in the morning. The rubber band's gone. And they think it just fell out during that. What they don't realize is because your teeth taper and get narrower as they go up to the top, what happened while you were sleeping was the rubber band began to slip up your gums. And it's stuck now inside your gums, but you can't see it. And what then happens is, after a certain amount of time, the person begins to feel pain. That rubber band has slowly been going up, 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 up oh, the no. roots, and they could possibly lose their front two teeth. So, if you know, for anyone listening, do not 
put two rubber bands around your front teeth and try to get the space to close. But the reason I bring up this more dramatic point is that <laughs> trying to self-medicate yourself. I mean, would you walk into a pharmacy, okay, and when the pharmacist steps out for lunch, would you jump over the counter and start walking around the house? Now, I know there's certain pills people want to get and they know what they're looking for. <laughs> That's funny. But but would you seriously go, oh, you know what? I, I pulled out on my on my iPhone and I looked up, you know, what what to do to treat my, my high blood pressure. Oh, look, here's some pills. Yeah, that's the drug I saw. Okay, let me look up online about what the right dosage is. Okay, let me do this quick before the pharmacist comes back and quickly dispense yourself a bunch of pills and go home and take them. I mean, you know, I guess there are some people out there who would do that, but I don't think anyone with common sense would say that's intelligent to do. Well, I'm a person of good moral character, so I wouldn't even hop over the, 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 the front desk to begin. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, the the idea of, of, of skipping a, a dental professional to 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 prescribe um, how to treat your teeth, and people think I'm just saying this because you know orthodontists charge too much money. Uh, you know they they don't want people to 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 save money. We want to just keep all the fun for ourselves. You know, it, it's really not the truth. I can tell you the vast majority of orthodontists are good people. Um, they went through a lot of training, a lot of school, a lot of debt, um, and a lot of even self sacrifice. You know, to to open up their businesses, to to learn the profession. And to do a really good job. And, and we really want what's right for our patients. Of course, we want to make money while we're doing it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, that's, that's true but, of any doctor. So, I mean, it, it comes to the territory. I mean, it's something, it's something that you don't want somebody messing up on, you know? But, that's the reason why you go through as much education as you do to make sure that you know what you're doing. So, um, yeah, I hear. Now, you know, any, any final questions or anything that I haven't wrapped up and answered? So we typically end with this. I'm a big foodie, okay? So give me one restaurant, no matter where in the world, that if I'm within 50 miles of this restaurant, and I've never been there before, that I should make a detour from whichever direction I'm traveling to go to this restaurant because it's that good. Oh, gosh. Whew. I'm not a huge foodie, but let me think about this one. Okay, there's a restaurant in Israel. Okay. Called Papagayo. Okay. It's a neighborhood called Talpiot. Okay. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. In in Israel. In Israel. Okay. And um, I don't know if if you're familiar with the concept of a Brazilian steakhouse. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They just come with it and come with it and come with it until you turn the the card over and say I can't eat, I can't I'm yeah. gorged out yeah. I just remember my wife took me out there one night and and I think half of my body is still there. <laughs> So what city in Israel is this? Uh, this is in a suburb of Jerusalem. Okay. And the name again? Papagayo. Papagayo. Okay. All right. What is a place that one should travel to anywhere in the world that should be on our bucket list that we may not even know about? Off the radar. Oh, gosh. I'm not a huge traveler. Um, I would still say, um, once again, I would, uh, I would say I would say Israel. No, Israel is just a great place to go. Um, okay. Don't let the, the news scare you off. Uh, there are certain areas you might want to go into, but the, 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 the majority of the country is a safe place to go. Um, people there, are, um, just you have to get to know them a little bit to understand you know, why they seem aggressive, but they're actually good, nice people. Um, and you know, just it would be nice if we could see peace in the whole area and the whole region soon. That's the truth. That would be a great thing. Um, um, even until then, though, it's still a great place to visit. Like I said, certain places you might not want to go, but overall the country is quite safe, uh, quite safer than even the majority of cities that I've walked around that night in the United States. All right. Do I have enough time for two short questions? Sure. Okay. What would you say is your number one talent, and what would you say is your number one skill? So, number one talent is something that you didn't have to work at. You came out the womb with this talent naturally. 
Sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number one skill is something that you had to work at, that you've trained to do. And it doesn't have to necessarily be your profession. It could be anything that you've done um, over the years. I would say, you know, two things. Number one is uh, orthodontics, straight okay. teeth, and, and number two, um, drums. I'm a drummer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm a professional drummer. Okay. Did, did you see the um, Fred Armisen uh, drumming for um, comedians? or or It was a Netflix show. Fred yeah. Armisen, the guy who's the house band guy for one of the late night shows. I can't remember. But anyways, he had a com- comedy show on Netflix called oh, uh, Comedy for Drum- Drummers or oh, something really? for drummers. And he had nothing but drummers in the audience. And he did all these drumming jokes. And it was pretty funny. Oh, gosh. Well, the joke with MB, they'd probably say half the drummers didn't get it. <laughs> I think that's And there's perfect... the sarcasm, you see? There you go. I there think that's go. a perfect place to leave it. Thank you so much for joining hey, us. Hey, thanks for having me. All right.